Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for tuning in today here over on pathtozion.com or more than likely on our YouTube channel. Whether you're listening in or watching, thank you for joining us today. Um, we have had a lot going on here in normal life. I've not been able to get down here and get some studies finished um, and then, of course, recorded. But what I wanted to do today is this is a little bit spontaneous and casual. Um, we're not going to talk about... Um, rifles or fishing equipment uh, despite what hat I had on um, but what we are going to talk about is this a, a change of perspective a change of perspective now perspective is interesting because vantage points are very simple to explain and to understand about like what we see in our life and what others see from where they are and 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 as we peer into the the word of Elohim the Bible um, all of us see things differently depending on where we are in our journey, where we are in maturity, where we are spiritually speaking as far as being a truly kadosh, holy, consecrated people. Who we are is of utmost importance and where we reside, where we are looking, um, what, what lens we are looking through. Um, but what I want to talk about primarily today is going to be um, bounced off of a question of consideration for you about just where you are today. Um, like towards who Yeshua is. Um, we're going to talk about that, and, and, and I'm going to read something that I wrote. I believe it was just, I, was it yesterday? I don't know. I'm going to read most of that in, in its entirety. But a, a, a good question is, why are so many people threatened when they're told that there's something about the Bible or something about Messiah there's more to him, more to, more to Jesus, more to Yeshua, more to the gospel than what they currently know or understand or even believe. Like, it's a very strange thing. I don't have that problem. I know other brothers who are okay with that. But many people as a whole within Christianity, within a belief system at all, are very threatened by the more. And it's very perplexing to me how so many people are, are instantly guarded and set in stone when a new consideration is brought forth. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit today and, and bring out some, some considerations for all of us as we are confronted with, with new ideas and new ways, new perspectives, changes in perspective towards the Bible and Yeshua, who He is. Who is, who is Yahweh? Who is He? Um, according to the Word, and so I'm just going to read this, and we'll try to stick to it for the most part, and we'll move through uh, this pretty quickly today. Now, one doesn't have to have a Ph.D. in order to properly understand differing perspective. Um, in my line of work, I do auto detailing, and so for the majority of the day, um, when I'm out, I'm running a high-speed buffer to make cars shiny. I'm doing paint correction. I'm making paint that looks scratched and, and poor look like it should. Um, or now I'm doing more just full-on detail work where I take a truck that is just horrible and in six or seven hours' time, wow, it's ready for the showroom. And so to do my work well, my job, which I've done for, I don't know, since 1996, I'm no good at math, it's been a while, um, I have to look over a vehicle from every possible angle. I have to get down, I have to look up, I have to look at the side, I have to look at the light on the paint for, uh, for issues that, that need corrected, that need repaired. Um, 
I may, if I don't get down and look at a different angle, I may have missed something entirely if I'm not careful and cautious to look from differing perspectives at my work as I go. And of course, at the end, when I'm walking around a vehicle um, to check my own quality, um, I've got to examine from this vantage point and that to do my job well. I back away, I move in close, I may kneel down and look here and look there. Um, the, in, in what I do, I, I, years ago, I dubbed what I called the 50-foot effect. Um, <laughs> and, and what this has done over the last 25 years or so of my business is it, it gives an example of like, that vehicle looks great from 50 feet, but as you move in closer... Ah, it looks a little bit different the closer I get. It looks a little bit different than back there. And it's not whether it looks better or worse. In the 50-foot in the effect, it does look worse the closer you get, but we have to be careful that this um, metaphor works. The condition of what I'm looking at changes as my proximity changes. As I move in closer, I see things I didn't see before. Okay, now this is going to be important as we move forward. Um but close examination, and in, in, again, we're going to use my, my business as a very brief metaphor and move through. Um, but it, re, it reveals issues um, that you can't see from far away. And so these conditions are simply not seen from far away. They're not seen from a vantage point that's not being uh, more critical and, and more attentive. A casual, a casual person, we could say, to use this example well, a casual observer would walk by most vehicles and like, I don't know, looks good to me. It's not covered in mud. And I would pick it apart. Well, this is really poor and that needs a touch up and this needs buffed real bad. Oh, and most people may say, understandably so, I don't know, looks fine to me, looks better than mine. But because of how I am and because of my business and how it, how it has functioned for so long, I have an eye to scrutinize and to peer in from this angle and that and to really look deeply into what I do for work, which is about um, cars. Um, but I change my perspective. I change my vantage points to investigate what I'm working on. Now let's move into some spiritual thought. Um, let me jump right over into another lane entirely for a few moments. Um, and, and I want to challenge, challenge you to take a moment of introspection and attempt to remember the Jesus that you first understood and believed in, if you have. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, a, a follower of Messiah, a disciple of Yeshua, take a moment and remember in your mind, whenever that was, whether you were a child in Sunday school or whether you were 35 in your living room, however you encountered Messiah, who was he at that moment? In your heart, in your imagination, according to your level of understanding then, okay? Perhaps it was when you were a child. Um, maybe it was even 40-some years ago, um, like me. You know, I was 11 years old, roughly, uh, best I can remember. Well, a little older, but around there. But I remember, sadly, in very pathetic measure, who Jesus was. I knew a whole lot more about hell and damnation and how God was mad at me than I knew of any attributes of Jesus other than Jesus was good and perfect and he wanted to save me from this penalty, which we'll talk about. Um, but who was he, Jesus, Yeshua, to you then? 
okay? Upon your moment, whatever we want to call this, this experiential encounter, when, when something in you came alive with an understanding of who this God-man, Yeshua, was, is, okay? Now, I will add this. He was likely, because this is, of course, very common, he was likely the sinless, suffering Savior that died a horrible death on a cross for you, and you and me, the wretched sinners. We owed him something, and our asking him into our heart was likely viewed as some sort of payment for that debt. We were separated from God. He's holy. We're not holy. Jesus was holy. So we receive him into our heart, and he takes up residence, and now we have right standing before God, his Father. That is kind of the general Christian rule of of thumb towards what we're talking about in regards to who is Jesus and what's he doing. He came, John 3, 16, what? He was sent, and he died for us. And we receive him, and we move from death to life. And so he was a savior, of course. Um, but there was some payment of debt that was taken care of when we received Jesus. Pause. To be clear, if you're watching the program for the very first time, I'm not an endorsee of asking Jesus in your heart in any way whatsoever. I do not believe it's a biblical, um, biblically accurate thing to do. Um, Jesus, as I always say, Yeshua doesn't want to come and live in our heart of flesh, um, in flesh in a bad way, a heart of stone, a, a stony heart like Ezekiel talks about, that's fleshly and natural, and heart is a rock. He, in fact, wants to take us to the Father. He's the door, and we go through him, and the Father gives us what? A new heart, a heart of flesh that is is in a, in a sense, in the not a sense, but absolutely in the sense, good. It's from the Father, and it can feel Him. It can respond to Him. It's sensitive to Him. It's fleshy in the sense of it's not a stone, okay? It's something that Yahweh can do something with. Stone, I'm set, I'm sure, leave me alone. Which is interesting, this is what we're talking about today, with a change of perspective. And so, fast forward to right now, okay? I took you back in your mind in time for a a brief moment to remember if, in fact, you have had an encounter, uh, an experience with with Yeshua Messiah where you literally lost your life for His sake and you therefore found it and you, you, all these things. Fast forward to now. As I type this, typed this the other day, it was May the 11th. I don't even know what today is. I think it's the 12th. Maybe it was just yesterday. Um, but from your perspective, who is this Messiah now? Who is he now? Okay, set side by side, if you will. Pretend I'm pulling out a table and I'm putting it right here. And you take the Jesus, even the Yeshua, that you understood when you were a child or when you surrendered your life to go into him, and you put that on the table. And right beside that, you take the, the Yeshua or Jesus of today in your heart, in your imagination, in your mind, in your understanding. You put them side by side, and you examine them for just a few mere moments, and what are the differences? Are there any differences? Um, As you spiritually assess this and gaze upon the Messiah, who is he? Who is he? Okay, here's another question. How has he changed over the years? Okay, as we're peering upon these two, 
these two examples of, of, the, of the Savior I, I believed in at the inception of my new, genera- new regenerated, new creation life, and the Yeshua, Jesus, Savior, Messiah I know now, has he changed over the years? Now, of course, he has not changed. We're, of course, not inserting any crazy doctrine where he's different now. But he, um, you, me, how have we changed our perspective of him? Okay? How do you simply see him different? To make this as simple as I know how to say it. Do you see him different today? Um, do you see him differently now at all? Um, okay, so we're called to be sanctified, become sanctified into the likeness of our Messiah. As we age, as we mature, we should be advancing our understanding of who this Messiah man was, is, and forever will be. Sadly, a lot of people I talk to in just general Christianity um, about who Jesus is, who is this mysterious Messiah, the more I find that that well into their latter years, he's little different to them now as he was at the beginning. There's not a lot of addition to his function, his purpose, his identity, what he was doing. I'm not being hard. I'm just trying to expose something I believe we need to really look at and consider and discuss. How has he changed in our understanding of him over 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years? What has changed? There should be grand evidence, endless evidence of an expansion of our understanding of who Yeshua Messiah was, is now, and will be in the future age. Okay? So here's my humble challenge. Update your perspective of your Messiah. Study the endless foretellings of him in the Torah and the prophets. Look for him from new angles, friend. It's okay. This, again, we go back to the beginning. I said, why are people so offended? Why are people so agitated when you present to them, have you ever thought about Yeshua, Jesus? Have you ever thought about Jesus not just being this or not just even being this? Have you thought about him being this? Have you thought about this facet of him? Have you studied this understanding of him? Again, many people are threatened by that. I don't understand why, but it needs discussed so that if that is if any of us qualify for that, we can examine ourselves and say, "You know what? Why am I like that? Why am I so opposed to the addition and the expansion of the word of Elohim, of who Yahweh is, of who Yeshua is, of who I am now in Him, of who the church is, the called out assembly. Who who are they? Who's the bride? What in the world is New Jerusalem? What is the great high priest doing now in the heavenly tabernacle? But most people, many people, what do you think? I don't know Jesus. <laughs> we say that stuff all the time, but that's where everything flows to for the majority. Thankfully, not all. Thankfully, not all. I know many brothers and sisters right now who are like, hey, man, brother, tell me all about it. Pull up a chair. Let's get out our Bibles. Let's cry out to the Father to unveil our eyes and unstop my ears so I can hear what in the world he's saying because maybe I'm ignorant. 
We're all ignorant. It's just a matter of to what increment. So, again, the challenge is to study, to understand Messiah from a differing perspective than what you've always inherited and always known. Years ago. It's okay, friend. It's okay. <laughs> you, don't, you don't just suddenly forget that Yeshua was, was a, a suffering servant Savior who died a cruel death on a cross, on an execution stake. You don't forget that when you're studying his great high priestly function. It's, and this is the thing that is such a problem with Christianity, has no idea how to rightly discuss with one another and disagree and argue and debate in a humble spirit of unity where the Spirit literally unifies brothers to disagree vehemently at times and yet still have the same heart's posture and goal, which is to be unified in the endeavor to uncover truth. I don't hold absolute truth, do you? No, we need other brothers. We need others to help us scour the word for the truth. So, in light of that, if we endeavor to look at Messiah from perspectives, from change of perspective, we will find facets of him, facets of Yahweh, facets of the gospel, facets of who the body of Messiah even is, facets of our identity now in the new covenant that we've never seen before. <laughs> it's okay to look and to consider. And I would say, according to Yeshua, you don't have to forget or shelve the fact that he's Savior. But he might just look vastly different than the last time you peered into his character and into his function. Or perhaps you never really have. He's just always been Savior. Now, several weeks ago, I'm sorry, years ago, after a lifetime of knowing Jesus, okay? Y'all know my testimony already for the most part. I jump, bounce around on it here with occasion. But I ventured out into finding Messiah from a new perspective. I chose to risk losing, because that's what... Oh, be careful, brother. Oh, be careful. Oh. oh, you're not studying the Old Testament, are you? Yes. Oh, be careful. Be careful. And right over here, jump tracks for a moment. If you start watching what's going on in modern Christian churches today, it's terrifying what... Preachers, pastors, um, bishops, self-appointed leaders are saying from pulpits in front of hundreds and hundreds of people, like, look, friend, like literally, I watched a snippet of a sermon days ago where a brother stood up and he talked about the Old Testament. He said, I'm going to warn you right now that you should not look at the Old Testament because all you're going to find is a bigoted, angry God and a bunch of strong, powerful men ruling over women, you don't need to know that stuff, and it's dangerous. That's what they're proclaiming now. And friend, it may not sound that harsh in the circles you're in or others of us may be in with like a pinky toe, but friend, there's this, this caution and fear. Oh, don't, oh, oh, you're studying the Torah? He's studying the Torah. He's talking about Sabbath. It's just right here. Why? We feel this threatened idea of, I don't know anything about that. I don't know anything about that. Or, 
I know everything about that. Oh, I, I understand Hebrews. I understand Hebrews. I went to seminary. I get Hebrews. Oh, I, I understand Abrahamic covenant. I understand faith, faith, faith. I understand all that. And friend, any one of us can be like that, but our eyes are blinded entirely when we're walking in that limited laser perspective, unwilling to change how we peer at a matter. Like I talked about the vehicles I work on at the very beginning. When you get down low and you get up high and you look at an angle and you hold a light and you examine and you peer and you look, why? It's necessary to get a full range of vision of a matter, including every single thing in this word of Elohim and who Yahweh and Yeshua, his son, even are and what they're doing and who we are because of those two facts, okay? So when I ventured into doing this, not long ago, but just years ago, now I see more and more facets, again, to stick to Yeshua, functions of him that I had never seen before. I had never considered as I studied the prophecies about him and things that he said, and now I know why he said what he said, which seemed random when we just read the Newer Testament by itself. I know why he was named Yeshua. <laughs> I see this is coming into vision right now, this very second over this, the, the course of the last five months. I see his great high priestly position that I never saw like I see now. I see the full gospel, why Yeshua came. He didn't just come to save a wretched sinner. That's a mere part of the whole perspective change. And it grows and it changes. Let me, let me do an example here. Okay, so uh, let's grab a random item. This is not well thought through. Okay, so here's here's something. It's just a box. What is this? This is the Commander Pro HD series three-piece digital filter kit. Anyway, and so like okay, this camera is 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 a manual focus right now. It's right dead center on my my nose. Okay, but like, do you see? This is simple, right? This isn't complicated. Okay, look at this. So as you change it, can you read that now? No way. But as I get it into focus and I change perspective, ah, it's clear. You understand? I mean, th this isn't complicated, right? We're not, I'm not trying to talk to us like we're kindergartners, but sometimes that's what we need, myself included. And so proximity is of utmost importance, friend. If we're talking about a grandiose object like Yahweh Elohim, the God of all gods, there's none like him, none beside him. Yeshua, his only son, the great high priest, seated now in the heavenlies and ruling and reigning, uh, is in his future with us up there in the mix somewhere. I'm working all that out. But he's performing what? A mediator Messiah function right now in the heavenlies on my behalf and yours. And as I move closer and closer and closer to him, proximity begins to matter greatly. And he is magnified. And I, I get in closer and closer to use my analogy at the beginning, and we'll bring this to a close. The 50-foot principle for the vehicle, a lot of people walk in that in the spiritual realm. The 50-foot principle of who Yeshua is. Yeah, I know him. Yep, I know him. Asked him in my heart in Sunday school back in 1988. 
I remember. Okay, well, who is he now, friend, as you've moved in closer now for the last 50 years? Ah, still my Savior. Shed his blood. Shed his blood for me. I've watched The Passion of the Christ. Okay, that's fine. That's fine and necessary. But what else, friend? What else that we have not heard, that we have not studied, that we have not added to our understanding? What else is there as we move in proximity closer and closer to him? And we do that by being holy as Yahweh is holy. We move closer into his presence and therefore, ah, oh, I see him better. I see him clearer and I'm closer and I'm closer and I'm closer. People today thinks, think you can strum a guitar and repeat a chorus 467 times and God just shows up like a circus clown. You know, he just pops in the door. Hey, here I am. You played the right chords. Now my presence and glory are in the room. Friends, there are criteria for us to meet. He is Kadosh. He is holy. And in order for us to know him and come into his presence, we have to be holy as he is holy on some level through the blood of his son, yes. And then we do something to be set apart. We have been sent the Kadosh, Holy Spirit, which is a set apart, consecrated spirit for us to venture into the likeness of the Son via Holy Spirit's power to thereby we ourselves become kadosh, holy, consecrated, set apart, the sanctification life that moves us closer into the proximity of Yahweh himself, looking more like his Son, and the closer we get, the more we see him. And we magnify him. Magnify him. Drive down the highway towards a water tower. Pretend you're back in the Midwest or out West and it's, it's 40 miles away and it looks like a speck. And as you're driving on this earth, it's probably not even a globe. It's in your, it's in your line of vision. Now my wife's going to say, why'd you have to say that for? And as you drive, it comes into view and your perspective changes. And as you grow closer in proximity, it's magnified. It's exalted. It's made renowned. That's what we're talking about here. And if that's the journey we're on, then who we see Yahweh, Yeshua, his word, the gospel, the church, we ourselves as regenerated ones should be changing. It should be having a change in perspective if we are in fact journeying closer and closer to Yahweh, our Elohim. He's getting larger and larger in my sight. Yeshua himself, he's more than just a sinless Savior. Perhaps you too, friend, if, if you have been sitting in the chair, if he's just a beautiful Savior, he's a beautiful Savior. I love him. I love him. I'm not saying you don't, but I'm saying maybe, maybe it's time to consider moving in a little closer. And we're told how Yeshua did that. And Yeshua was a sinless Savior because he perfectly kept the Torah of Yahweh Elohim, fulfilling the prophets who went years and years before him, preparing the way of the Messiah. So, friend, who is Yeshua to you today? Who is Yahweh? What is the church? Who are you? How has that changed 
over the course of the last 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 plus years? How has it changed? I would say the fruit and evidence of our maturity is found within our answer to that question as we seek a change of perspective. You've been watching the Pat Design Podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for watching. You can uh, email us whenever you want to, patdesignpodcast at gmail.com. Reach out to us on Facebook. Like, share if you want to do that. Otherwise, check back for more content coming up soon. Thank you for watching. Amen.